Not used to that. Right. So, Weba, what's your story, man? Tell us just a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so uh, I'm Avenue Gerges. I go by Abu. I'm a current ninth try chiropractic student at Northeast College of Health Sciences, doing my fulfilling my last year in chiro school as a clinic intern. And I'm a personal trainer, coach at Balance Health and Fitness in Seaford, Long Island. And uh, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now. Just counting down the days till graduation and trying to figure out what the rest of real life looks like now that I'm no longer a student. All right. Now what I want to hear here is uh, on a scale of five stars being a phenomenal experience, what are you going to give your chiropractic experience? Are you going to turn this into a chiro hate cast? No, not at all, man. Not at school, all. So just say whatever you can. Say. Yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, like I love that question because depending on when in school you asked me, you would have gotten a different answer. If you asked me two years ago, I would have given you zero out of five. Mm-hmm. Now that graduation is coming closer to an end, I would give it a three, five to a four. There you go. And it's again, like because graduation is looming so close and I really, a big thing with me is reflection and just trying to be appreciative of everything. Mm-hmm. You really appreciate the small things. Like it's super cliche, but cliches are a cliche for a reason. And looking back at the past three years is were there mistakes made? Absolutely some big ones, a lot of small ones. But at the end of the day, I'm very grateful for everything that happened, good and bad. So, cause it's, I've, I've grown a lot over the past three years. I've changed and I'm grateful for that. So that's why I get such a surprisingly high rating. What, what you know, brought you into chiropractic? Yeah. So chiropractic. So my journey to here from undergrad to now is pretty twist and turny. So I initially wanted to become a lawyer. I actually have my minor in political science. Yeah. So all through high school, I loved reading. I loved analyzing and it's just kind of convenient. I ended up going down all these rabbit holes I have, but um, yeah, so I really wanted to go, de- go into law school just because I loved reading. I was really good at writing. And um, yeah, so I got out into Rutgers. Uh, I got into Rutgers back in New Jersey, was going down the poli sci route and it just wasn't stimulating. And I was in a, I was in an awkward place throughout undergrad where it was like, I was successful on paper, but I just didn't feel fulfilled. And so I, I wasn't playing sports anymore. I played sports throughout all of high school and I just didn't have that anymore. So I got into working out a little bit and just lifting, running, just didn't feel stimulating enough. So I found a boxing gym. I got into boxing and I picked, I picked fighting up pretty quick. And the owner of that gym offered me a job there as a personal trainer. And so I started doing some like private, semi-private group cardio boxing classes and stuff. And I loved it. Like the pay was dirt, but I showed up every day, hundred percent, just because it was so much fun. And that got me to my sophomore year. And it was actually really a tough moment for me because I had a sit down conversation with my guidance counselor and she goes, look, you're going to graduate in two years. You couldn't, you would have to do a couple things as extracurricularly, but you could gun for valedictorian. Like you could, there's potential for you to finish top in your class. And I was still having so much fun boxing. I was like, no, I don't want to do this. So I switched to exercise science the very next semester. And um, so, yeah, I was just all in on the sports world, the training, all of it. I loved it. And yeah, so I was a junior 
taking a full course load because my ego is too big and I dem- demanded that I graduate quote unquote on time, which I would never recommend again to anybody. I lost so much time just hustling, going from class to work to the gym that it just flew by in a snap of a finger. I think I was taking like anywhere from 19 to 21 credits, which was the max allowed. And um, yeah, so I went from a gunner and poli sci to struggling in gen chem, gen bio, which were freshman courses as a junior. And uh, yeah, so going from that switch of mindset, from doing what you are just naturally good at mm-hmm. to being in, put in a completely different environment. I really learned a lot about like critical thinking, hard work, yada, yada, yada. And um, so yeah, boxing, I completed in the New Jersey Golden Gloves. I finished third. And uh, then after that was like a what next moment. And after that, it was like around graduation. And part of the exercise science program is we have to do an internship. And I somehow got lucky with interning at an NFL combine prep facility up in North Jersey. Uh, at that time, I still had no idea what I was going to do. I was like, well, if I was going to go to PT school, if I was going to go to thyro school, I didn't know if I was just going to get my CPT and do that. I had no idea. And so, um, but all I knew is I had this internship and it was, looked really cool. I knew nothing about it, but all I knew was I was going to give it 110%. And that's exactly what I did on my interview. They're like, we were working out hours and uh, the guy interviewing me who then later became one of my very big mentors, goes, are you a morning person by any chance? I'm like, yeah, I woke up every day at 5 a.m. to go to the boxing gym and then I go to class. He goes, all right, what do you think about showing up 5 a.m. every day? Like he doubled down on me and I couldn't back down. And that's exactly what I did. Every day I woke up for that summer after graduation at 4 a.m. to get there on time. Unpaid, uh, I just didn't know what I was doing. I was just like, I'm going to give him my all here. And my experience at that internship truly laid my foundation and honestly changed my life. Like I got, I met my first mentors there. They taught me everything that's coming back to me now, like professionalism, evidence-based practices. Like every week we had weekly meetings on where everyone had to bring the paper related to coaching or training and talk about it of like that constant hunger, of just trying to be better. And these guys were studs of coaches, but every week they would read a new paper. They didn't have to do that, but their perseverance for excellence really laid my foundation. And a part of it was they have a medical staff that comes and assess their, their athletes. They get MDs, PTs, Kairos. And I was talking with the owner of the facility about like, what's the next step? He goes, honestly, like the Cairo we have here, she's an all-star. Go talk to her. We have a little email conversation there. I'm like, all right, done. I applied to Cairo school. I didn't really know. I talked to my mom. I'm like, all right, we'll just do it for first try. And if I don't like it, I'll leave. Worst thing that happens is I'm 10K in the hole. Three years later, I'm still here. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's uh, the past, what, four or five years and five minutes. I, I do need to ask because it seems yeah. like there is some patterns here. So, for example, you took this summer. And it's almost like a leap of faith, right? You're not getting paid. You just know that this is something that you really want to pursue and you can learn from a lot of people, right? Um, and then you you go into chiropractic school almost like on a whim, right? You talk to somebody, say you should do it. Now you're there, right? And then 
we started off this conversation, you talked about how there was a lot of growth in your time in chiropractic school. And I was wondering if you'd be able to shed some light on that. Uh, what are some things that you feel like you, what areas you grew the most in? Uh, areas I grew the most was definitely my mindset, the way I think and under appreciating what truly matters. It's like, I was actually talking with uh, my best friend and um, I was saying like, yeah, Cairo school, like the education didn't really provide much for me mm -hmm. and it didn't really fulfill my needs, which I just fulfilled in via other avenues. But what did matter to me was the relationships I built, built through Cairo school is like, I have a family here and I really can't wait for the, the group of people that I really connected with to grow. Like I met some of the most passionate, the most intelligent, some of the most kind hearted people. And it's like, you look back on my life. Like I, for a long time, I thought I was just trekking alone and I have that chip on my shoulder. Like I'm going to do it myself. And I come to Cairo school and I meet, you meet your people and there's a certain camaraderie there. And, uh, yeah, definitely more appreciative of the relationships I've built. All the others stuff, like going at it with professors, disagreeing with colleagues, peers, doesn't really matter to me anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And another thing that I was wanted to bring up is with strength rehab, with the current evidence that so we're always talking about bringing a centered approach, whether it be the biopsychosocial yeah. model, so on and so forth. And with you being a chiropractor or soon to be chiropractor and you bringing that expertise to the gym floor. I'm curious, what are some aspects that you feel like you bring to these clients that they may not be getting from the average personal trainer? Oh, that's a really good one. So the big thing is like, you always get the whole thing. Like you're at a party. Oh, I'm a chiro. Oh, really? That's so convenient. My neck kind of bothers me. <laughs> you get that from time to time, but it's like the experience I got in chiro school and all the things I learned where it's like appreciate like the, BPS stuff, the inactivism, all of the evidence. It's like, you really appreciate what's actually worth it. Cause like, you look at like most of my clientele is jump up. We know with the best available evidence, it's you get people moving, they're going to make gains. Like obviously they're working with me. I'm going to give them high quality programming and coaching, but everything else of it is like, I always like to ask um, every client, every session, every patient, whether it's in the clinic or the weight room, it's some variation of, what's going on, how you feeling, what's new. And it's more than just to like track outcomes, track recovery. It's like, I generally care about these people and the relationship we're building. Like that's the best part of coaching mm -hmm. is like being a part of this person's journey where they came in for whether it's, I wanted to get out of pain or my pain is limiting me or I'm not happy with the way I look. I want to get back. I want to get stronger. And then we get there and it continues of like, I love this. Let's keep it going. And um, yeah, that's a big thing. Like, especially in like initial consoles, I always like to ask like, so why now? Why did you decide to come to me after you've been dealing with back pain for 10 years? You've been out of shape for 40 years, 30 years. Why now? And let me tell you the answer that comes out of those, like some of the most humbling things you'll ever hear. And that's what gets me fired up. Hell yeah. And that's, and that's how you get to the deep rooted goal that we always are talking about, right? Like yeah. if you don't address those things head on, people are going to mm -hmm. stay superficial and they're not going to actually right. get through the hard stuff. Once the motivation goes down the tubes, you don't see them anymore. 
And, Mm -hmm. you know, what I, what you just said is like, I can relate to so much. So like starting practice, I was thinking to myself, like, how am I going to remember these people's names? I don't want them to feel like I don't care. But the second that you step into the room and you actually, for lack of a better words, give a shit, you start to actually like, I know so many people's lives. It's insane. Right. Like Mm -hmm. it's to the point where like, for example, like, like you said, and most of these people, if you get them going, they're going to be doing great, right? So as long as you give them high value care, you don't necessarily need to be talking about it 24-7. So right. the majority of my treatment time, I'm talking about their kids. I'm talking about their interests. I'm talking about all these things where if I was at a bar trivia and they're just like, hey, which client likes XYZ? I would 100% violate HIPAA, exactly. but I'm like, it's this person. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, it, it, you know, it's, to, to your credit, right? Like you got to show up and you got to care and, yeah. and they can feel it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like that, that's hands down the best part of it. Like, do I do everything else? Yes. Because it's, I take pride in my work, mm-hmm. but what keeps me going and what gets me there all the time, no matter how tired I am, is that relationship building and knowing like these people are counting on me to help them get through the goals. So one, I have to make sure I'm doing my job well on the technical side. Two, I have to show up every fucking day because I can't tell them to if I'm not. I am curious. You have mentioned the fact that you had multiple mentors throughout the last five, six years. And most people may be too prideful and they might think that they don't need a mentorship or they're too once again, pride, uh, prideful to ask for, for help mm-hmm. from somebody. How did you go about finding these mentors? Oh, so that's, that's a really good one. So like we go back to the, the facility I was interning at, that one just kind of fell on me. Like I just got like, oh, great. I've made, I got to learn from some of the top guys in the industry. And then I came to Cairo school and um, back to like, we'll feel it out first try. I had my hesitation, but I was still like really gun ho and then we get to second try and halfway through is when COVID hit. And so we all went home and we're all living up the first week and a half, two weeks, free vacation, yada, yada, yada. And then once it settled in, this is real. And the school did everything they could like to keep one, keep us on track for graduation to try to actually effectively deliver it. But again, like you switch it up on these professors, they can't completely change their delivery on their content. So it's no fault to them. So I was like, all right, well, I'm still here in school. I didn't drop out yet. Let's figure it out. And so I started, I tried to do it on my own. Like I was buying all the anatomy textbooks, all the biomechanics. I was watching multiple like biomechanical free YouTube lectures on videos. A lot of CE classes were given out free webinars. I was on all of those. And then it quickly became overwhelming. Like before like the end of summer. I was like, holy crap, this is a lie. I have no idea where I'm going. I'm just soaking in information for the sake of soaking it in. And then um, Instagram, TikTok, um, you start seeing like these personalities pop up. The algorithm learns quick about what you're interested in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, they started throwing like some, some big names around and I would literally just DM them. Nice. I was like, uh, yeah, man, I was like, uh, I was that guy. I was just sliding to the end, uh, but it, yeah, I was just sliding in every, everyone's DMs, everybody I looked up to everyone that like was doing something I was interested in. And I'll just straight up ask them. I'm like, I want to learn from you. 
And then I ran into um, an alumni from my school. She put me in contact with uh, uh, another clinician who ran a Discord group, which is actually how Raul and I met. And he was my first formal mentor. And then he just kept putting me in contact with other people. And then I went through Kalu, where I met probably the most influential mentor of mine and just kind of started bouncing around. I took a couple extra continuing ed courses and just you click with a couple people and that's kind of how it generated. But yeah, thinking you can do it on yourself is the biggest ego call you can do. And I've been there multiple times. I did it with fighting. I did it with undergrad when I thought I could complete a four-year degree in two years. I mean, I did it. Would I do it again? Absolutely not, no. So, yeah, thinking you can do things on your own is foolish to say. And I, I can definitely say that now. Now, when it comes to coming up to graduation, you know, yeah. it seems like you are somebody that takes time to reflect upon their times. Is there anything that you would have changed? Anything that you would like to have done different, maybe prepared differently from going to, into uh, graduation? Just to give you an idea, uh, a couple months prior to me graduating, I was like, I should have learned a little bit more about business. I, I think I should have sat down and, and maybe read a book because <laughs> after a while, it's kind of like how you described it. You're kind of just consuming information just to consume it. It's just how many low back pain papers can you read? How many bird dogs can you see on Instagram? You know, so it's just, it gets to yeah. the point where it's just like, why am I consuming this? Is it because I'm comfortable? And am I just patting mm -hmm. myself on the back? Right. So I'm curious that with hindsight being 2020, yeah. is there anything that you would have liked to have done differently? Um, I like, see like questions like that. I don't really enjoy because it brings the idea of regret. Okay into play and it's like we change like go back to the butterfly effect like we change anything that happens in our lived experience who's to say it plays out like this i could sit here and turn this into a Cairo school hate cast and say i should have gone to pt school i should have done coaching right there is no way to say i would end up the same person right now and i'm i'm beyond happy with who i am right now that's a good point now any intangible skills that you would want to have brushed up upon business for sure uh and the big thing that i've just been more so on recently just with the nature of clinical practice and coaching is communication mm -hmm. communication 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 it's it's the cornerstone to everything yeah you can be a you can have the most up-to-date programming you can have the most contemporary clinical ideologies with backed by all the latest mm -hmm. evidence if you have the personality of cardboard or just don't know how to talk, good luck trying to yep. do anything with all that knowledge. Right. It's, um, it's one of the most humbling skills out there because you, yeah. you feel like you're, you're, you're tre trending towards mastery and then you get somebody that uh, I think we, we alluded to this last time is um, last podcast, is like third grade love reading level, you know? So mm -hmm. are you using high level vocabulary and you're not realizing it? Yeah. And you have to be able to read the room. Some people don't even have that ability. If you say a word and the person's face goes blank, take a moment and ask them because you probably <laughs> used a word. They have no clue what they're saying. You're saying, yeah. and they're using context clues from this point mm -hmm. on. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, like that's the big, I've caught myself doing that all the time and I've, got, I've definitely gotten better. And it's like communication is just one of those things. Like 
you will forever suck at. Oh yeah. And oh yeah. You just continue to suck less. I was talking that's about kind this. Of where I'm at. I, I was I was talking about this in the mentorship where I have the pleasure of working with somebody that doesn't speak English. She mm-hmm. is from Thailand and her translator <laughs> it comes in and kind of translate translates whatever I'm saying to her to oh, awesome. the patient and, and the, to explain, Hey, you have, you know, uh, a radiculopathy. Uh, we got your MRI back and this is what I see. And I'm trying to explain this to somebody that doesn't have a medical background, who's now going to explain this in a different language. So I, I made the joke saying like, there was so much interpretive dance happening within that hour conversation. And I, I hope she understands what's going on, but like <laughs> back to what I was saying is, was one of the most humbling situations to ever be in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And hum- the humbling aspect of it is that's another big thing I, I enjoy about both clinical care and coaching. It's one of the most humbling things day in and day out. Mm-hmm. Like you just, you're just constantly getting put in check. Like either like, yeah, I'm not, oh, wow, I could have handled that conversation a little bit better. Or, wow, this person actually looks up to me. Like, yeah, especially if we're dealing with, like, insecurities and shit, it's, like, a client comes up to you and says, like, I want to look like you. I'm, like, one, no, you don't. Or, sure, you can have that goal. Two, that's not what we're doing here. This isn't physical. Three, I think I, aesthetically, I look horrible. <laughs> oh, why? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like body dysmorphia is real. And like, that's the humbling thing, right? It's like, you can always, you're always your worst critic. And then you run into someone, they humble you fast. 100%. Yeah. Now, graduation's coming. What's the game mm-hmm. plan post-graduation? Uh, TBD. I'm uh, taking everything day by day just kind of surveying the field and ultimately just trying to make the best decision for myself and uh, my career and future. That's smart. I, I would say that if you have the runway in front of I'm here. <laughs> His power went out. He just texted me. My power is fucking home. out. <laughs> oh no! Uh, I'm from my so, cell phone halls hotspot. Okay, keep going. We we uh we passed it off to you, asking if you had any other questions, and you were just frozen. <laughs> oh, like the, it went out since you said uh since you asked him, he said TBD, and then uh it was like if you have the boom. And it went out. Fuck. 